Wanna know where is my tool bucket? Who took it from me? Broke into my house that night and stole from me. Using up blowtorch is quite insanity. Then got a rock and threw it through the window, the back door window. Snuck into the house that foolish bucket full. Took it to the pawn shop to get money. Need your hands here now. Hey, dude, man. Coolest thing around. Got my show now. You're my hands right now. This is Adam Sheffield. Welcome to American Heritage Center Radio, home of the Property Therapy and Talent Development Program. Welcome to the American Heritage Center Radio home of the Property Therapy and Talent Development Program. We have a great show for you today. We have Pastor Rodney Barlow. He's going to be portraying Martin Luther King, one of the founding fathers of America, of what we've become today in today's time. And then we're going to go through some news events. We're going to talk about the mask mandates and the uh, cost of materials going up, fuel, gas under Biden, airline fare, car insurance. We're going to talk about the New York governor, the harassment allegations in the news. and uh, But Martin Luther King is with us in the studio. And uh, this is the American Heritage Center. We're recording live here. And this is where the magic happens, where we democratize Hollywood. And uh, if you have a somebody powerful or motivational in history or someone that you know or uh, stories to tell, and I can uh, do it, portray it in a... a um, inspirational convincing way we'll we'll put you on the show <laughs> so welcome to the show martin luther king well thank you for having me on <laughs> this this is american heritage center radio and america is a place where uh, here at the american heritage center we bring alive the past the present and the future and the past with history alive where we mine into our histories without falling into it but learning from it and then we into our present time with property therapy. That's in taking care of property or being responsible for things like pets or, or businesses or nonprofit organizations. It brings the best out of you. Yes. And uh, so taking care of it, it takes care of you. So that's property therapy. So we that's how you bring alive the present mm-hmm. is with property therapy. And uh, we also talk on the show with the news. I'm going to be the next Rush Limbaugh. And uh, so we, that's part of the show is analyzing the news news of the day and bringing alive the present, helping us to understand things that's going on. And then we bring alive not only our past with history alive present, but all our future with faith. Yes. Because that's what faith's all about. Yes. Is having a purpose for now so you can have a good future, right? So we're covering past, present, and future here. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And uh, that's for, I mean, with the civil rights, it has you have to have faith orientation and part of civil rights or you're not going to get you're you're naive. You're you're not going to get the traction that you should have. Absolutely, because you have um, um, part of this is is uh, on the show is that we uh, the the property therapy aspect is what brings people out, and you need a property therapy network of people around you because it's tough sometimes mm-hmm. taking care of stuff. It's a tough thing, mm-hmm. but when you have people around you, it helps you like strengthens your morale. That's why we have here at the American Heritage Center, we have the barbecues, the Follow the Spirit barbecues every week on uh, uh, Sundays at 3.30. So the FTS is Follow the Spirit barbecues, so the FTS barbecues. Okay. So this is a motivational for America to go out there and uh, be the person that you can be. And uh, this is what uh, you you were all about in your testimonies for America. 
And uh, I remember reading like the piece, the uh, what we were talking about the before the show started about the peace in Martin Luther King when there's the peace of justice mm-hmm. and then there's the peace of absence of conflict. There's two kinds of peace, right? Yes, uh, but I think we all understand that you have to have a lot of level of conflict and tension. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. So there's those people that want peace, right? Where there's absence of conflict. That's can that, That's that's like a Pax Romana. Exactly. They had a piece of intimidation, so it wasn't necessarily the people were becoming or the, the the people that they should be. Right. It was just just absence of conflict. Right. 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 So then there's the piece that, that's an absence of conflict, like a Pax Romana. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a piece with his presence of justice. Justice, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we seek. We want people to be getting traction in their lives. So when you were organizing these rallies and the non-violent rallies, you were they put you in prison. Yes. And that's a dangerous thing when you put man of God in prison. Yes. You got a lot of free time to write some eternal words. Yes, and it wasn't just one time, it was thirty-nine times. Thirty-nine times. <laughs> So the the we we were talking about at the ch- at the church is that the often the the most powerful stuff in history has the smell of prison dank on it, where they you know either they're sinning and the, the eternal words are coming to them. So the a classic uh, literature the letter from Birmingham jail. Yes, uh, there was a letter that I wrote while in Birmingham, and it was a response. And uh, I think the current culture or current time can hear. What was written? Mm-hmm. Let me open with this. While confined here in the Birmingham City Jail, I came across your recent statement calling our present activities, quote unquote, unwise and untimely. Seldom, if ever, do I pause to answer criticism of my work and ideas. If I sought to answer all the criticisms that crossed my desk, my secretaries would be engaged in little less in the course of the day, and I would have no time for constructive work. But since I feel that you are men of genuine goodwill and your criticisms are sincerely set forth, I would like to answer your statement in what I hope will be a patient and reasonable terms. I think I should give the reason for my being in Birmingham since you've been influenced by the argument of outsiders coming in. I have the honor of serving as president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference an organization operating in every southern state with headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. We have some 85 affiliate organizations all across the South, one being the Alabama Christian Movement for Human Rights. Whenever necessary and possible, we share staff, educational, and financial resources with our affiliates. Several months ago, our local affiliate here in Birmingham invited us to be on call to engage in a non-violent direct action program if such were deemed necessary. We readily consented, and when the hour came, we lived up to our promises. So I'm here, along with several members of my staff, because we were invited here. I am here because I have basic organization ties here. Beyond this, I am in Birmingham because injustice is here. Just as the 8th century prophets left their little villages and carried thus, saith the Lord, far beyond the boundaries of their hometowns, and just as the Apostle Paul left his little village of Tarsus and carried the gospel of Jesus Christ practically every hamlet and city of the Greco-Roman world. I, too, am compelled to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my particular hometown. Like Paul, I must constantly respond to the Macedonian call for aid. 
You deplore the demonstrations that are presently taking place in Birmingham, but I am sorry that your statement did not express a similar concern for the conditions that brought the demonstrations into being. I am sure that each of you would want to go beyond the superficial social analysis who looks merely at effects and does not grapple with the underlying causes. I would not hesitate to say that it is unfortunate that so-called demonstrations are taking place in Birmingham at this time. But I would say in more emphatic terms that it is even more unfortunate that white power structure of the city left the Negro community with no other alternative. And that's my opening introduction right. in response to the letter that I received from seven Baptist preachers. Right. So, okay. So for those of that are just tuning in, this is the Property Therapy Show live, recorded live from the American Heritage Center. And uh, we are with Martin Luther King. He's uh, reading his famous uh, letter from Birmingham Jail, which is one of the uh, classic and most one of the most powerful uh, spiritual artifacts in American history, and um, and so he's sharing. He received uh, in in Lent when you were in prison, you received a a, 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 a news article, right? That what they were uh, seven uh, Baptist preachers had gotten together and they were criticizing your efforts in the newspapers. So you wrote, you started writing out responses in the in the newspaper and the <laughs> scratching out the responses in the newspaper and the, the margins. <laughs> right, right. Like you you see there when when you have a movement and you feel you have purpose and of course you're always going to be misunderstood. But what caused my response is who I'm being misunderstood by. Right. And it uh, you can see was probably a surprise to me to get this type of response. From this particular group, right? I could understand if it was the governor or a mm -hmm. police officer at that time. We were racist mostly, but we're talking about response from Christian brothers, and so I felt it necessary to kind of address their concerns head on, right? Uh, and give a proper response for why I was doing what I was doing. So let's talk about the. We'll go back to some more of that later, um, but I want to talk to you about the. Um, the method of stopping human conflict and uh, why nonviolence is a method. And then um, we'll talk about some other stu uh, stuff about like what you want from America or what made you want to do something to help the world we live in. And uh, like also you said 39 times in jail, you were arrested and uh, yes. also we'll talk about the Nobel peace prize and s some random things about you that uh, we don't know about you. What's, your educational background, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that, though. What, what's the method to stop human conflict? Well, we all could agree that uh, human conflict has been around since Cain and Abel. That's right. And mm -hmm. we understand uh, hatred towards a brother is what causes human conflict at its root. And so when we look at the conflict that we deal with our world, and more particularly the conflict we deal here in America, many people have different ways that they feel they should go about stopping or limiting human conflict. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely believe that the method to stop and confront human conflict is love. Right. Love is the most important thing we have to have. And that's what we have to share and show. Right. And love conquers all. For real. I mean, because that gives an organic genesis. I mean, because you, fists can come and go, but reasons stay. Exactly. And the love is the most powerful reason of all. And one thing about it, too, is that, like you said, love can stay. 
having violence, aggression, anger, retaliation, revenge, any of those terms are not going to be able to be sustainable. And so when we're operating on this level, we understand that God is love, and that's always going to be sustainable. You think about uh, from the perspective of God, and this is why you have to have the faith in the civil rights diaspora. It's got to be in there. Absolutely. It's got to be in there. Um, because you you have to step back from, like, it helps you cool the passions of the moment. Mm. And then, like, it steps you to take the eternal perspective and, and watch how God, how uh, how disgusted he, he he is by so much of stuff what's going on on this earth, but let, yet he lets the rain and the sun fall upon the wicked and the righteous. He still lets it happen, right? Right. He still does. And even even his son, like the restraint that he had when his son was crucified. He opened out his mouth. Yeah, he opened out his mouth. And the father, I mean, to see his only begotten here, like disrespected and whipped and scorched, they scorched the bottom of his feet. Hmm. Which is the part where you have all the nerves of your body runs through your feet. They scorched, they covered all of it. They, they mangled him so bad. Um, he was a bloody mess, and then he had to walk on the, on your plate. Oh, man, it's so painful just to think about it. And but, he did it out of what? Yeah, he did it out of love. Out of love. He did. Love. And through that love, and through him saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, he set into action a deep principle right. on what conquers and what helps and what heals. Yeah. And so we're just trying to obviously follow that. So we want to see, we want to see, for those, we've just had some uh, new audience members who have come into the American Heritage Center in the show. We are sitting with uh, Pastor Rodney Barlow, who's portraying the role of Martin Luther King. And, uh, and those that are, just, that are just tuning in, this is History Alive. This is the recording live, the American Heritage Center. We bring the past, the present, and the future alive. <laughs> and this is where the magic happens, where we democratize Hollywood. And, uh, and so we want to see people getting traction in their, in their lives. We want to see property therapy. We want to see um, futures come alive. We want to see people developing the wisdom that they should have and the talents that they should have. Because that's really the only things you take with you into the next world right we're just here in a really eye blink of time right and then we pass on but we develop we develop our experiences to gain wisdom and understand how things play out you know how dominoes start to fall on this side right yeah 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 mm -hmm. from this side <clears throat> and so we talk about that <clears throat> the different the different um uh elements where God dwells and the different frequencies and it works just here on our lower vibration level of humanity. So we've talked about the method to stop human conflict, which is love. Mm -hmm. that's, so, that's, that's eloquent. Well, well why the nonviolence as a method? That would be like a, particularly the nonviolence, obviously the, you, you, you excelled in that approach. Yeah. Anytime you're trying to create lasting change, you have to go deeper than, like you said, the immediate emotions. Right. If I smack you, most likely you're probably going to try to smack me back. That's the immediate emotions, but long term, we're not going to make that work. And so on a larger scale, when you look at our desire to have nonviolence, um, to still create tension and conflict, what we must understand that it is a moral way and a moral method. You know, if we had to uh, resist any other way that was immoral, then that would not last. If I fight aggression with aggression or violence with violence, then that's not going to be sustainable. But having a nonviolent method lets us know that it's a moral way, 
but it's also a practical way. Right. If you're in the minority and you're trying to go forth with violence, that's not going to end well for you as well. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the only the practical way is that it is a moral way that when we look at the eyes uh, of our brother, that we still see them as such. And what gave power to our movement is the violence of the other side. Mm-hmm. It was able that much more to show mm-hmm. the evil behind racism and that mm-hmm. mentality. So when we were able to walk in this place of nonviolence, it actually gave our voice a little bit more volume. I remember that the the some of the classic photographs, black and white photographs in the historical and the history books, like the dignity mm. that they, the civil rights marchers in the 1960s, the dignity. I mean, you could tell that it was very difficult, very trying and difficult for the bravery, but the dignity, and it's it's different from a lot of the kind of the. <coughs> Uh, anger in the the stuff that you see in our time right now that like the dignity and the equanimity that they had well and, uh, it's like uh the bible lets us know you can be angry and sin not yes you can be angry and sin not and uh if i can continue that we'll kind of sure, hit sure. the next point because then the question would be asked within well, you know why is there direct action you know why aren't, why aren't we just doing it a different way uh, even with nonviolence. Well, why sit-ins, marches, and so forth? And you may say, isn't negotiation a better path? Mm-hmm. You are exactly right in your call for negotiation. Indeed, this is the purpose of direct action. Nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and establish such creative tension that a community that has consistently refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. It seeks to dramatize the issue that it can no longer be ignored. I just referred to the creation of tension as a part of the work of the nonviolent resistor. This may sound rather shocking, but I must confess that I am not afraid of that word tension. I have earnestly worked and preached against violent tension, but there is a type of constructive non-violent tension that is necessary for growth. Just as Socrates felt that it was necessary to create a tension in the mind so that individuals could rise from the bondage of myths and half-truths to the unfettered realm of creative analysis and objective appraisal. We must see the need of having nonviolent gadflies to create the kind of tension in society that will help men rise from the dark depths of prejudice and racism to the majestic heights of understanding and brotherhood. So the purpose of direct action, nonviolent action, is to create a situation so crisis-packed that it will inevitably open the door to negotiation. We therefore concur with you in your call for negotiation Too long has our beloved Southland been bogged down in the tragic attempt to live in a monologue rather than dialogue. So the nonviolent aspect forces the conversation of negotiation, whereas before we could not have a dialogue at all. So we talked about this on the History Live episode with Harriet Tubman, Hmm. that the historically what had what happened was that in the in the South we had the Southerners were uh, upset. They said, if we can't enslave them, then I don't want my kids around those dirty blanks, 
you know, separate drinking fountains, separate back of the bus, you know, separate bathroom. We don't want our kids around those. If we can't enslave them, we don't want we don't want them around us. So it was based on spite, you see. And so what the nonviolent sin is, it's like you swallowed up the spear points <laughs> swallowed them up and like blunted them <laughs> well and let me add to that it is again in a human being if you're doing something that is immoral then it is then natural for you to demoralize something for your own conscience sake so during that time slaves were what they were dehumanized for they property. Were, yes. There weren't persons. Well, they had to do that for conscience sake. It wasn't just random way of making money. That was very eloquent. It had to do with an understanding of how can I treat another human being that way? Well, That's then right. in our minds, justify what we're doing. They're less than a human being. Right. They're three-eighths of a person or whatnot. And so that is the understanding of de- or making a thing out of a human being. Okay, so we have... The, uh, the the property aspect, we talked about that with Harriet Tubman. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a reoccurring theme in humanity, the property versus person uh, spectrum that goes, it's reoccurring in humanity. And I talked about that, we talked about that with Harriet Tubman with like the abortion mm. debate. Mm. If it's a person or is it property? Mm. Is the fetus a person? If it's a person, you have to you have special ways that you have to treat it. If it's property, well, then there we go. You do what you want. You buy and sell, and you destroy. Same like you route. destroy, you you know, when you're done with your Coke bottle, you crunch it, you throw it in the trash, or you sell it to a recycler, and they do on the sly. They've caught them. They sell them these baby these body part, the baby body part. They're selling them on the sly, like the property. Mm-hmm. So it's the reoccurring theme in humanity: the person versus property. Mm. Uh, diaspora. I mean, we have this present-mindedness in our own time of saying, oh, look what you guys did back then. You're doing the same, same thing. thing. Nothing's new. It's just a, it's a permutation in right. another way. Different label. And so, but this, but this, this, the, the nonviolent aspect to it is why we'll put you, we'll put uh, the, the, uh, uh, the art we have here at the American Heritage Center, the uh, Founding Fathers of America. The uh, the uh, on Mount Rushmore, Martin Luther King is up on there. I had that ever since law school. Oh, I wanted to, I want to have that on there. Martin Luther King up on there. But for for uh, in this in this studio though, uh, we have here for those just tuning in. This is Martin Luther King Jr., the famous civil rights activist, and was what we were talking about. He's been sharing his letter from the Birmingham jail. And um, this is where the magic happens on American Heritage Center Radio. And we're talking about uh, methods to stop human conflict, love, mm-hmm. and nonviolence as a method because it allows the reasons to come out. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately why, why we go to law school, why I have court as well, because it keeps people from going out in the streets mm. and trying to settle it in the streets. If, you have a, uh, if they have a feeling that they've had their day in court, and they've had a way of talking and discussing things in an objective manner on principles that are objective that have been developed over time, and they litigate those things. And that's what the court system is about, purveying information. Right. And not necessarily who can shout the loudest, et cetera. So we've talked with him, though, about uh, methods to stop the human conflict. And uh, so what, Mar- uh, Dr. King, what do you want from America? What I've said once, and I'll say it again, is that uh, we just want America to be true to what they put on paper. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. 
And so if we can continue to bring out the best of what this country was founded on, then that's how we respond to that question of what we want from America. We don't want anything extra from America. We simply want America to do what America said it was there to do. Mm-hmm. So and, um, we have our, our radio play, Sing Freedom, which is which the founding fathers come back in a time machine. Okay. And uh, and one of the scenes we've been doing uh, various installments every week, and uh, one of the scenes um, is set in the 1700s, and the Liberty Bell rings and it cracks, and then uh, one of the slaves in the in the uh, the uh, on the street he says, the Liberty Bell rings, but it's cracked. It doesn't ring for me. You see. Mm. So the parable of that right now is like living up to what you put what you put on paper and so the lord brings all these different diverse uh, uh, peoples from all over the world and it's like to see if we can uphold to our ideals in uh, what we put on the paper and what we want to see we want to see people getting traction traction in their lives right and uh, we've just had this shows but the powerful Stories, property therapy stories, like here we have Emmanuel Dace is one of the. This is one of the books we have at the gift shop. Right, I'm looking at and, this uh, here. It's called Flipping for Real. We right. have this at the at, at the gift 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 shop here at the Heritage Center, and the, this is the science of property therapy. It really is. He's got it down to a science. He's a millionaire now. Well, I'm going to take a hold of that book, you too. You need to take a hold of this. Bring it back to 1960. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, um, uh, Dr. King. This is something that gets you traction. It's not It's not like redistri- go- having government redistribute all the wealth. Da, 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 da. It's redistribute the property therapy. I mean, because they, they've done this over and over for decades and decades. They've built these projects, project houses, da-da-da-da-da. People move in. They run it down. Da da da, and then it just doesn't get anywhere because property therapy is not there. They have to not only is the property, but you have to empower, and they have to participate in the property therapy aspect because it brings the best out of people, gives them purpose in their lives, develops their talent, increases their reputation, brings strengthens relationships with others, gives them a purpose in their lives, develops their talents. It goes on and on. I'm writing, I'm writing a book on property therapy for mm-hmm. a prison system and two colleges. And so this show is just a generation. And this is what, what got me into law school. Mm-hmm. When I started, I started realizing, after being a real estate entrepreneur in my own right, I started realizing that the property therapists, that, that they're the atlas that holds the community up. Really. Right. Property. It is. Those that can take care of the properties. Because mm-hmm. those, those, if, if people aren't taking care of the properties, no one's going to want to live there. And the thing is, and then it's there, about there, value. There's the not value. value. The value won't be there. And value goes down. The value goes take down. Care of things are not valuable. Value, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just a spiritual disease. You see that? I mean, when you go, when you go around in, in the cities, et cetera, and you see like the rundown properties, you know there's rundown spirits around there. People, it's just it's a it's a reflection mm. of the interior core of the people. So I mean, this this is so important that like the faith aspect of the, the property therapy aspect of it, and that, that like the faith orientation groups, it's huge, mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. as far like that's truly true progressive comes from above. That's it, that's it. And um, so we've talked about what you want for America, from America to live up to the, um, its ideals, mm-hmm. and what made you the want to do something to help the world we live in. Well, you may have heard this childhood story. Uh, I had some some neighbors, and uh, one day I went out to play with them, and I was told I could not play with them anymore. 
and kind of opened my eyes to some perceptions that people have. And of course, that was on a smaller level. But as you get older, you see the bigger level of the effects that it has. And uh, any anyone oppressed under any law system is going to affect negatively everybody under that same system. And so that uh, small interaction that I had as a young child helped me understand as I grew through uh, high school and college that there is something that we all can take part in and make a difference in our world. Very important for all of us to feel like we are empowered to make some level of difference somehow. And that was something in my childhood that kind of got that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that aspect that uh, that reaches you when you're when you're young, like uh, Abe Lincoln had that same aspect when he was down on the he, he took a a river raft down the Mississippi River. You know that story? No. He took it down. He took a raft down the Miss, Mississippi River. I think it was, and uh, he saw the persons being treated like property. Yes. Yes. That? And he says, yes. and, and I knew he says if I got an opportunity to do something, I would strike it hard. Right. I would strike it. <laughs> and so he, he had the <clears throat> working within the, the present political realities of his time. And, uh, and, and, and it's interesting, though, that the, the, the Civil War didn't get anywhere until they st- the, the Emancipation Proclamation. It's like God says, okay, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I'm going to let you get, get it together. Because they kept on rotating the generals in the in the north, and they couldn't find a blasted general. Right. They kept it. on the south, kept on out foxing the northern generals. Right. And until uh, Grant got in there and got Grant, aggressive. Exactly. So let's go. Yeah. So they, but that was after the, and, and so so much that so much that is is the main battle is the spiritual and the intellectual. The rest of that is formality in your life. I see this so much. Mm-hmm. The only thing that matters is it, is it it's inimical to the will of God or not. That's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And then the rest will occur if it's if it's God's will. That's it. That's that's what matters is if it's right, if it's full of light, mm-hmm. and then it will happen. So you were, you were um, had the the kids the neighbors said you can't play because you're black. We're mm-hmm. white. You're black. Mm-hmm. That was very wounding. Yes. And um, and so this what we were talking about though was with the attitude in the in the, in the segregation was we want to use you without helping you if you're not going to consent to that we don't want you around us and that's what the slavery is all about is using you without really helping right yeah and, and and a point you made earlier that well okay then if we can't enslave you then we don't want to be around you right well and that's why where maybe other immigrants that were here were able to be successful and. Maybe other quote unquote non white were successful. What held the blacks down was that well, we had no access to the same thing that someone may else have had because of that same mindset that was given. We don't want you to have anything if we can't have you. And so, even though the That's emancipation took place, mm-hmm. it was freedom and famine at the, while at the same time. You know, there was no land to toil, what land was there for us to have. And so, this is what the movement behind the civil rights was all about, is helping us understand that it's not just, quote-unquote, pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. And I like the way it was said, uh, how can you pull yourself up by your bootstraps with boots you don't have? Right, right. And then the property therapy show, we go another lay on top of that. What if you give people boots and they don't want to get to work? 
You see, and so this this is the motivation aspect of the show is you motivate people, and that's with the faith orientation or with the property therapy uh, network around you, mm-hmm. and uh, and also address some of the stumbling blocks of, of history that kind of demoralizes you, if, if you, you know, and see, but being able to see through the clouds because there's I mean there's some there's some groups and political organizations that. Or, or entities that are hucksters hmm. that just want to—they don't want people to get progress. They want to embed like that disease in people, so they can't move forward, and they profit on that because that's their particular agenda. Because they want to sponsor like governmental, um, socialistic state. That's what they want instead of property therapy, where people developing their talents and abilities. Well, that's it. It's a. It's a. It's a philosophy, I guess you can have it. It's a core issue, what you think is best for somebody. Some people yeah. are under the belief that I know what's best for you, right? which we do not agree with. Right. We're more under the, you can find out what's best for yourself or you can go after it. That's and you right. can be empowered to make it happen without sure. being, quote unquote, dependent on someone to give it to you. Exactly. I mean, because that's how, ultimately, if, if it's like they get getting these handouts or government programs, et cetera, et cetera. It's not your really your money because you didn't develop it. You know, you didn't grow it. And what people fail to see is it's not that one thing in of itself could be wrong. It's the dirty cycle that begins to develop where you become dependent upon something that never should have been intended that way. But the ultimate system leaves you that way. So people stay under these generational bondages Mm -hmm. because you're not being empowered to take what you can get from someone, but use that to advance yourself. Not to say I have to be stuck in this situation. That's the property therapy, which is gives you traction. Mm-hmm. And um, once you get a taste for success, even if it's just like some small portion of success, you get a taste for quality. Nothing else will satisfy you. Right. And so what that that we just that's the talent development aspect of the of the show is enhancing what that talent like the process of talent development. It starts there's like four stages of it. The first is where you don't even know you don't know. <laughs> it's that's kind of the, a funnier story. I, I took my wife uh, fishing, and she's been before, but it's been a I mean it's been a while. It's been a long time. And no, you're not. And, and, and it was her idea, too. You're not going to cast it for me, right? You're going to let me cast it myself. And I'm cast it. And when she got that nibble, <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> We're going back again. Why? Because it's about when I'm able to do something myself right. rather than you give it to me is that much more important and valuable in my life. So I think that's the same kind of thing, same kind of mindset that we have to help and train people. That's the motivational fish. aspect right. of it, no it, doubt, no doubt. So the there's the first stage of that you're ignorant, that you're ignorant. Mm. You don't even know, don't you don't know. know. Yeah, right. <laughs> didn't know, like I didn't you, know that. You come, to someone, or you come to somewhere and you're like, you see an incredible person or they've got incredible talent, incredible talent. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that you could do that, whoa. And uh, so you don't know that you don't know. That's the ignorant that you're ignorant. That's the first stage. Hmm. And then the next stage is you're ignorant that you're that, that you know you know you're ignorant. That's the second stage. You're like, yeah, I don't have a clue, but I know I don't have a clue. At least I know now. I know now. <laughs> Can you help me out? Can you help me now? out? Right. So that's the that's the motivational aspect. Is uh, of I don't want to stay here. Exactly. Exactly. It creates a discontent. Is that you know you're ignorant and you're like, okay. And then the next stage after that is first is you ignorant that you're ignorant. And then the next stage is you know you're ignorant. And the next stage is you know you know. You're like, like you've done the quality repetitions in your mm-hmm. life. You're like, 
yeah, I know this because I've, I've kept on applying myself with the quality repetitions for expanded period of time. Mm. And, uh, and so that so you're like, yeah, I know, I know. You the know. right things quality. for a, a good period of time. Exactly. Not a one time did it and then give up, right? Exactly. You have to continue to move forward. Exactly. Even when there's hiccups, you got to get back up and keep moving forward. Exactly. So I love that. So that's the quality repetitions aspect. Mm -hmm. It's like on a number line, you do it. it we're not just repetitions. It's got to be quality, quality repetitions. Right. It's like on a number line, you do something wrong, it puts you in the negative <laughs> one. So you got to do not only one to get back to zero, you got to get two to get positive on the positive side of the number line. And so that's how you do it is, uh, and, and you get around people that inspire and motivate you to keep on doing the quality repetitions to do that. And, um, and so like for another, this is a, we'll go into commercial break. The quality repetitions is like, uh, uh, Shannon, who's, uh, our newest sponsor to the show is CBP meets Christ building people meets. And they are the, have the best, some of the best meat in the Midwest and they have meat for sale at North Oak Quality Location, and they've been around since 1970. Give them a call at 660-565-2415. Get some energy, the science of energy, to build your morale for property therapy with your protein energy. They've got all the, the beef, the lambs, chicken, pork, etc. And they have also, not only do can you buy the meat, you also can uh, have your meat processed there. So if you're a farmer in northern Missouri or in Kansas, you can get your your beef or your cow, your your lambs or your deer processed there, and you can get a. It's sixty five. There's a sixty five dollar kill fee and a sixty five cent pounds processing fee for uh, per pound. So they got it both on the the buying and the supplying ends. So go check them out. Give them a call, 660-565-2415. Christ building people. Let's get some energy for your property therapy. Call them again, 660-565-2415. And thank them for uh, supporting the Property Therapy Show for America, the uh, radiotherapy for our soul. So we're talking about, for those that just tuned in, we're with Martin Luther King. This is we, the American Heritage Center Radio, the proper, home of the Property Therapy Talent Development Program. As we're talking about the talent development stage, about, about the bottom stage is the four stages of talent development. Is that the first you're ignorant that you're ignorant. And then the next stage is you know you're ignorant. And the next stage is you know you know. And then the, ne and then the, then the last stage is, and this is the mastery stage, you know, and you don't even think about it. Mm. It's like LeBron James. Muscle memory. Exactly. He doesn't <laughs> even think about it. He just knows all, all he's got to know, all he's got. And Kobe Bryant was like this, too. He's like, I don't think about my shooting. I just think about my spot. <laughs> he says, <laughs> well, I'm going to add MJ, too, if I'm uh, Michael Jordan, yeah, um, yeah, the GOAT. Yes. And uh, as, uh, he's, there's the, as I think about, I remember Kobe was saying that. He says, I don't think about my shots. I think about my spot. I just got to get in my sweet spot. <laughs> that's good. And so that's the no, you know. It's, or, or, or you know without even thinking about it. It's like breathing. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. This is what we want. We want to be like the skills, the property therapy skills. And uh, we want to get that, 
communicated to you know all, all all the kids i mean even start them when they're young like next next week we're going to have john's kids on on the show hopefully and uh with the property therapy toy toy, re- toy, toy reviews toy reviews okay with the the stem toys that he has for the science technology and the engineering and and so but this is motivational to show and reach the kids really young to to see how when you get these science and property especially with stewardship of property applied to stupid of stewardship of property it really helps you cast a larger shadow in your life it really does mm-hmm. so we want to see that right and so we want to see that and the powerful the stuff we were talking about also in the news about the covids and we're going to talk about that later in the news right. about the the mandates etc a lot of the, the the kids and the families they're tired of that like all the masks and stuff and going into school and mass math they're just checking out they're like i'm done i'm done i don't want to do that public school stuff we're just going to do homeschool. And we were talking about the black, like in the black community, the, the, it was 3% before COVID that were homeschooler kids. And now, it was, what was it? What was it, like 12%? Yeah, it was a lot higher. Big, Whoa, big it's like four increase. times greater, four, 12% homeschool. Well, some of those kids may get better education in a way. Yeah, they will. Being at home. Yeah, they will. Without the distraction of the idiocy of people around and them. More and more accountability than the parents. Accountability. Sure where they're at. Yeah, accountability. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've also, not only that, is the parents that like when you're teaching stuff, it brings it out in you too. It brings a mastery out in you too, because you know they've got to read ahead of time, like to be able to teach it to the kids. Right. And, uh, and so right. this, I mean, this this is God. I I think this is God's will. I mean, he 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 let this plague come upon us so that we can blast out the spiritual plague within us. And I think is. Just to be honest about it, we we haven't compl- and I put we myself too. We haven't, you know, we're Americans. We we face one little thing and we get behind it and we keep on moving forward. But this is something that's not going away, and we better be attentive to the spiritual aspect of what God is wanting us as individuals to do to hear His voice in times like this, you know, and be aware of uh, what He's trying to speak to His own in these times. Yeah, we gotta be aware. When I was when I was in law school, I remember some of the. It was, it was difficult fitting in with the, in some ways, the cultural worldliness of it and the naturalistic um, approach that they have. And it's, it's one way of looking at things. It's not objective. Mm. It's just one way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And they, they're very weighted heavy. And it's not, it's not the way they teach it. And I remember a conversation I had with one, one of the law students when about talking with God, which you mentioned about God talking with you the dialogue he's like well if you have if you god's talking with you then you 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 need a psychiatrist hmm. that's what the, they have this 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 high and mighty thing and, and and here's the thing here's the thing is if the creator is there and the purpose of life is to develop wisdom and you're going to be accountable to this creator talking he would be available for consultation if he's going to judge you it's just like if you're going into a event, sporting events, etc. You want to talk to the judges or communicate to see what the rules are, how they're going to apply to you. Well, that's why he you know left I mean? his word. He didn't just throw us down here and, and leave us to figure it out. He said, "No, I put my word there." Yeah. And his and his word gives us access to who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so th- those are those are the 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 best practice recommendations. Understood correctly, interpreted correctly in the scriptures. Absolutely. And to understand how they apply, the Holy Ghost will guide you in your conscience. In your conscience. Everybody's born with a conscience, the spark of divine light within you, to know 
like you'll resonate. This is the place, the way that I've got to go. Mm-hmm. And then, like you'll you'll be even times and in, in, you'll go down career paths, etc., etc. It will not resonate with your spirit. It'll be like two magnets pushing against, like opposite and negative pushing against. It's like it's not there. Right. It's because the Holy Ghost won't let it be right. there. Because he's a guider. He's a guider. He's a guider. Yeah. He, will, he said he would lead you. I will lead you along. Mm-hmm. He's the the comforter. The Holy Ghost is the the compass. He's the testator, the a witnesser of all truth. You can know if something is true by. Studying it out to the best of your ability, and then asking the Lord, "Oh, you want to weigh in on this?" <laughs> and He will. He will. He will talk to you with persons, places, things. And um, the more you follow Him, the more that you seek to gain wisdom. The more you seek to grow in your talents, the more you seek to assist another. The more He will unfold to you. It's all there. It's all there. The reception. It's like you've tuned in, fine-tuned the reception of the radio. It's like mm-hmm. do, 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 do. it'll get it will get more and more clarity in your life. The fact that if you're not having this right now, it's because you're not seeking. I was going to say that because that's His word, right? Yeah. That channel is there. The reception is there. He's always speaking, but He says, "Seek Me, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be open." Right. Right. So these are things that we have to again be engaged in doing and making the effort to find him because his voice is speaking. Boy, I I, I nominate you for the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> well, I received that in 1964. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. So this is something, this is timeless. We're talking for those that just tuned in. This is the uh, property therapy show at the American Heritage Center. A place for the, uh, we bring alive the past, the present, and the future for our America. This is radiotherapy for your soul. And uh, so this is History Alive. We're talking with Martin Luther King, one of the uh, most inspiring uh, individuals that we've had in American history. Other um, uh, History Alive uh, people that we've had on the show is Harriet Tubman this, um, of the she was uh, under the internet, uh, the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. We talked with um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, oh, who yeah. was the preacher that Hitler executed for opposing the Nazi regime. We talked with him about what the Nazism was, how it came to rise, what how, what's what was the supporting things, what fed the anti-Semitism in Germany at the time, and how. How uh, Hitler tapped into some anti-Semitic statements that Luther had made, and he also tapped into the uh, uh, Defuhrer principle, which was the, called the Father principle in Germany, which is where they had the uh, strong man in charge, and they they had a the the um, Regime the uh, the Weimar Republic for 20 years, which was the, the democracy that they had after World War One. It was a, and they never had had a democracy before, and they had inflation went out of control, and they had all these things that they agreed to under the the uh, uh, after World War One that suppressed the, the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Treaty of Versailles, and they, they, Hitler said that we just got the short staff, and you Jews, you you made us consent to the Versailles Treaty. And so he pinned it all on them and tapped into the anti-Semitism of Luther. Because Lutheranism was the state religion of Germany. Right. And so he tapped into this. And, and he also had the uh, – he, he was the, the Socialistic Party of, Ameri- of, of Germany, the this Society of Socialists. And so he ha- also was envious of their enterprise. The Jews had a lot of shopkeepers, and they, they, they wanted the gold from their teeth. 
So he want he had the envy aspect. He wanted to fund his machine, world machine, and he wanted to have somebody to blame, etc. So we talked with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, Harriet Tubman. We talked with uh, uh, what other episodes? Uh, so we've had uh, Ruth Heflin. She was you know who that is. Ruth Heflin was the um, the charismatic one of the. Uh, uh, leading inspirational figures of the charismatic movement in uh, Ruth Heflin, in History Alive. And then what are the episodes that we have had History Alive? We had Bess Truman. We had one of the nurses that was actually her nurse, the, the Harry Truman's wife. And uh, she was her nurse at the three years. She came in here and played Bess Truman on the show. And she was the last... Like the last three years of Bess Truman's life, she was her nurse in the Harry Truman house. <laughs> so Bess Truman was on the show. So this is his, this is his history of life uh, episodes. And we had Charles Darwin on our first episode. My father played Charles Darwin. And uh, we talked to Charles Darwin about scientific diversity and uh, kicking the can down the hill, <laughs> which he was very good at. And uh, so, but we talked about him about the scientific di diversity and what that means because it could be the flying spaghetti monster. We weren't there. Then there's different ways that you can look at the viewing the natural world, and that uh, you see limited. What we talked about him. What is science? What is that objective truth? What is and then what is mature science? Is not all science is mature science. Like we talked about objective truth or, or mature science would be like chemistry. Biology, robotics, mathematics, but the mature, the uh, less mature science is over. Is is when it gets starts getting away from that t more toward philosophy, and, and you start making projections. It becomes like evolutionary biology, or uh, uh, sociology, like the humanity or the sciences or the um, political science. Historical sciences—it's all limited views. Yeah, yeah, well, it's based on people because we weren't there. Right, exactly. When you're making when you're making these distant projections way into the past, there could be catastrophic causation or catastrophic forces that are dormant in our time that was at play back then that are silent in our time. And then and then we talked about them. The, and then there's the the famous evolutionist. It was the Dawkins. He said, "Well, if there is a God, I would ask him if you. Why did you take such great pains to hide yourself from us?" And then what is the answer to that? Is that he wants to? It's about us developing wisdom and talents in our lives. And it would be like uh, him ha having the. Uh, if you could see the Big Daddy watching you over your shoulder, you wouldn't become or be the person that you could be or should be if you knew Big Daddy was watching you over all, all the time over your shoulder. And another perspective on that is that I think the question of itself is flawed in of itself. You know, to assume that he is hiding himself because Scripture says he's not. Right. So that, 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 that question that he proposed is not even accurate at all. Right. God is not trying to hide himself. He's revealing himself. It's true. So this is, we're talking with Martin Luther King on, our, on the show. And uh, what is life's most persistent and urgent question? Well, that is a uh, very good question. And it's been answered, what are you doing for others? Hmm. What are you doing for others? We can talk all day long about our own desires, our own pleasures, our own wants, our own goals and dreams. But a better question or a better thought process, what am I doing for others? Mm. Life is worth so much more when it's not just about me. 
Uh, oh, that's so powerful. Think about that. Think about like on all the professions. If you think about that in your job, like it, say if you're a basketball player, what am I doing for others? Hmm. I'm helping people avoid their depressing lives, like a respite from their lives. You know, Whatever or if I'm a violinist, I'm performing, I'm helping cheer them up. You know, or if you're, or if you're uh, an attorney, I'm helping them avoid conflict or out of you know conflict in their lives. If you clean, you, you know. know Portable toilets. <laughs> right. You're providing a service. Exactly. Everybody can have the mindset that you're providing a service for somebody. You're trying to enhance somebody's life better in some way, big or small. And I think we all can do that um, if we have an understanding that that's the best way to live life is for others. That's powerful. So this this is how you get your name written in the book of life, hmm. is that find the needs of humanity and mean it with a passion. And that's how you'll have an amazing career. For real, and uh, and this is the center of our education, hmm. having that purpose. And then what you said is the how you're helping others. You got to help others. That's for real. Did you write any books, Dr. King? Actually, I wrote a few of them. Strength to Love is one. Stride toward Freedom, which is the Montgomery story. Uh, the Trumpet of Conscience. Where do we go from here? Talk about chaos and community, and then why we can't wait. Of course. We can't keep saying, you know, racial justice will be there later on. Or keep waiting to get better. Waiting time's over. So that book is a little bit about that. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is incredible. It's been great having you with us, uh, Dr. King. Thank you for having me. On. And uh, this is uh, Pastor Rodney Barlow, the senior pastor at Lighthouse Church here in Independence. Incredible. So we've talked about methods to uh, talk of ending human conflict and love and nonviolence as a method, what you want from America, living up to its ideals. And we've talk, discussed about his times in prison 39 times. Oh my gosh. Nobel Peace Prize winner here. And uh, tell us at last is something random we, we don't know about you. What you probably don't know about me, you know that, sto that uh, show Star Trek? Uh -huh. I love that show. Oh, I love Star Trek. He boldly, this man uh, boldly <laughs> went where no man went before. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is about, right? So this is History Alive. This is Amer This is uh, Property Therapy Radio, the Property Therapy Program from the American Heritage Center Radio. That's, I got my, my uh, judicial gavel in hand. And uh, we were going to talk about news events, but we really don't have much time anymore, do we, John? We'll do them next week. We'll go. We'll cover some news events next week. But come check out our website, our new websites for the uh, the show for American Heritage Center at ahczion.net, and then our new website, propertytherapyshow.site, S-I-T-E, uh, backslash. So propertytherapyshow.site. That's the sh that's the website for the show, and then ahczion.net is the uh, website for the American Heritage Center. And uh, join the Property Therapy Show, the uh, part of the movement to revolutionize the world, get people traction in their lives. And uh, so this is, uh, we're going to end the show. Here's, uh, I've got the gavel in hand. Radiotherapy Court adjourned.